Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome on in to a Thursday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner alongside fan-sided MLB Insider Robert Murray. And yes, I did get a haircut. Yes, it's permanent until the hair grows. Robert, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday, man? I am wonderful, man. I'll tell you, I have never been more surprised in my life than I was when you hopped on this restream link. And then I saw you not only with the haircut, which looks wonderful, by the way, mm-hmm. but with the glasses like that. Boy, talk about being thrown for a curveball. But I'm I'm wonderful, man. I head to the ballpark after this episode. Life is good. How are you? Let's go. Good. Uh, yeah, I came from a formal event where I think I was told I was underdressed. Um, and you know what? Now all of a sudden I show up to the baseball insiders. I'm a little bit overdressed and I guess that's how it goes. Ethan Fisher, early shout out in the comments. Yes. The Boston Red Sox did not breeze past the Pittsburgh pirates. It was difficult for them. They did not win a baseball game. Thoughts and prayers to the Boston Red Sox. We will of course be addressing that series later in the podcast in our never ending segment on Brian Reynolds, but before you get to the ballpark, we're going to take you through the first full week of the season. We're officially one week removed from opening day. What are the biggest surprises, surprise teams, surprise players, and a quick rundown of the week's most important news. Uh, But if you like what you see so far, and if you're a Pirates fan coming to gloat or a Milwaukee Brewers fan coming to hear us talk about your team, who we said couldn't crash the playoff party and now looks like they might be a, a frisky factor... Um, I would recommend subscribing to the YouTube channel. Mash that button. Give this video a like. We're also an audio feed. This is a podcast you can find on all podcast platforms. Drop by the audio feed. Subscribe there, too. Give us a five-star review. Again, four stars. It feels like a compliment, but it doesn't really do much for us. Remove the needle only makes the average worse. So if you want to leave a four-star review, just drop Robert and I a personal message. Give us your feedback, but then just don't leave any stars whatsoever. Robert, uh, what ballpark are you heading to? I'm heading over to uh, the Diamondbacks. I'm going to be able to watch the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks play, and I'll be able to see three of my best pals in baseball, and Fabian Ardaya, friend of the program, by the way, uh, Jack Harris, and Juan Toribio, an absolute trio right there of just elite men. So it's going to be a good day at the ballpark, to say the least. And your fourth uh, best friend, James Outman, Dodgers outfielder, who uh, is making everybody uh, forget very quickly about Cody Bellinger. And in terms of surprises, uh, I know we're going to talk a lot about surprise teams, some surprise good, some surprise gross outs. I want to highlight the Dodgers outfield first, just because I think a lot of people were like, 
there were two Dodgers outfield conversations happening this offseason. One was, did they make the right decision letting Bellinger walk, not reinforcing everything? And, oh, look, they got to move Chris Taylor to second base and Mookie Betts to the infield. This is weird. Then when everybody started heating up in spring training, it was, okay, so are they going to cut Trace Thompson because Outman and and it seems like they're pretty settled on Jason Hayward. So who gets cut? Does Hayward get cut? Does Outman get demoted? Nobody gets cut. Nobody gets demoted. One weekend of the season, the Dodgers have the best run differential in the National League. Jason Hayward hit a ball harder than he's hit a ball since 2021. 1,300 OPS, two bombs and nine at-bats. Outman's at a 1,260. Uh, and uh, even uh, the Trace Thompson, uh, you know, the, the runt of the group has a three-home run game so far. I think the Dodgers outfield is very swiftly proving the doubters pretty wrong. They are. And I'm also, I'm wondering how long they can keep that up, especially Trace Thompson, like hitting three home runs in a game is not sustainable, but um, he even proved last year that he can be a dependable outfielder uh, at times. And, um, and having him, James Alvin is somebody that the Dodgers have been high on for quite a while. They were pretty optimistic about what they had going into spring training and felt even stronger about that leaving spring training. Then Jason Hayward, he was, I remember when I tweeted that, People laughed at that signing. Um, they thought it was the Dodgers just throwing a dart against the wall, and like it was, but they also it was a calculated move. They thought that he had more in the tank, and that with a couple of different tweaks, he'd be able to hit the ball more consistently and harder. And obviously, he absolutely smoked one. I'm like, he's done since what when he's with the Atlanta Braves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or peak Cubs, I should say. That's the Braves is probably too far back now. I'm thinking about it, but um. So far, so good for the Dodgers. I don't know how they end up doing it. They lose players and somehow are still very good. But um, the the Dodgers with Andrew Friedman and Dave Roberts just appear to have the magic potion, and they do once again. There was some sort of Hayward swing tweak that I think a lot of people wrote off as best shape of his life, spring training stuff. But Freddie Freeman swore by it. It seems to be real. And, and Doug McCain tweeted, I have not checked the numbers here, but it, it would appear that due to the the DFA and the non-tender, the Cubs are paying Jason Hayward and Cody Bellinger, who they just signed, $38.78 million, and the Dodgers are paying under $2 million for both Hayward and James Outman, thanks to the Cubs' uh, generosity there. So another uh, Dodgers finesse. What about you, Robert? Which surprises are standing out most to you so far? I got to start with the obvious one here, and it's time for me to eat some crow. I wrote the Milwaukee Brewers off as a legitimate playoff contender before game one of the season. Then the freshman debut, and they look like an absolute juggernaut. Um, Their pitching has not been as good as they originally thought, but their hitting has been really good. Joey Weimer, stud. Garrett Mitchell, stud. Even though he says he plays better when his wife isn't at the ballpark, that's a bit of a risky move. Uh, he's, he's probably in hot water when he got home. Just kidding. That seemed like they have a, um, a very good relationship there, but, um, and, and also Bryce Terang. I mean, there, there's three young studs that are contributing and they're going to have self frolic debut at some point. You got to figure their pitching is going to be better. I, I know it's only a week into the season and you can't overreact too much, but I also want to apologize to the Brewers and their fans for writing them off so early because that Turned out to be a very bad take by me, at least early on. I will say, and I'm, I'm curious because Ken Rosenthal wrote it today, 
and I've been wondering this myself. The Brewers have two years of control on Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas and some other players um, heading into this season. And when it comes to the trade deadline, they're going to have one and a half years of control on most or on some of those players. It's the same situation they were in with Josh Hader, and they ultimately traded him, and it wrecked the clubhouse. Do they do that again this year? Um, I don't know. I wonder if they've learned the lessons from last year because it looks like they're going to be in contention. Um, but you're going to get a lot more for Corbin Burns and for Willie Adamas at the trade deadline this year with one and a half years of control than, it, than you would if you waited until the offseason. Not saying that they should. I'm just saying it's a thought. But for right now, the Brewers look they look pretty damn good to me. The strangest part of the Brewers' hot start is that Burns has been the worst part of the roster, basically. Struggled mm-hmm. twice. The Mets beat him up yesterday. The Mets definitely thought they were getting a third game of the series salvage, only for the bullpen to bungle it almost immediately, and then for Adam Adovino to get walked off by Garrett Mitchell. We have a lot of overlap in our surprises. I had the Brewers, too. But then again... It's fair to say I didn't believe in the Brewers, but now I'm starting to change my tune because it's not the players we thought we'd see. We didn't think they'd go to the kids this quickly. We didn't think they'd go to the well, and they did, and it's a different roster than we thought we'd see and give Luke Voigt credit to it. He made some sparkling defensive plays yesterday, and my Met fan friends were reaching out and going, who is this man? What has he done with Luke Voigt? I don't know. Maybe he just put the beefy looking boy in the Midwest in the city of sausage. And he just starts acting a, acting a fool, but he looks incredible. Um, and so on the flip side, um, the, the brewers made my list of three. And then my final, uh, you know, to close it out. And I know you agree. I just think we got to say the brewers done did it to the Mets, but the New York Mets spent $498 million this offseason to not sign Jacob deGrom to sign Justin Verlander, who is on the IL, to sign Jose Quintana, who is on the IL, and to basically run back the same lineup. They demoted Alvarez to start the season. Omar Narvaez gets hurt, and he's already back. Like, the Mets somehow managed to spend a boatload of money, lose their best asset, not sign Carlos Correa, and end up with a lineup that's as thin or thinner than last season. I don't know what happened here, and I know you sort of want to expand this to the entire division. I mean, other than that, everything sounds like it's going great for the Mets. It's, uh, it's New York is thrilled. They're pumped. I mean, I'll tell you. Dude, I, the yikes. That uh, disaster is the only word I can really describe it, like for the Mets the first week here. Uh, but it's not just them. It's been the Phillies, too. Like, they struggled immediately out of the gate. Well, they started off with the Yankees. Um, that's right, right? They went to uh, Texas, got bludgeoned. Oh, Texas, uh, then with the Nola got beat. Yeah, and then they come into the Yankees this week, Yankee Stadium. And I think most Yankee fans uh, who are rational were probably like, eh, you really don't want to catch the Phillies at 0-3. Like, they're going to make you pay. And they kind of didn't. No. No, It's it's been – a very slow start for that division when I think everybody and everybody and their mothers just basically expected that to be the most competitive division in baseball this year. You have three like high end teams, Phillies, Mets, and Braves. Braves look the part. The Braves look legit. They made the Cardinals look like poo poo. I mean, that's not a role. That's, that's not a very technical term there. No, that's, I had the same thing. I had that exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I'll be using that in any articles coming up. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's it, those two, those two teams are going to bounce back at some point. I'm, I'm very confident in that, but it's been a slow start. And for the Mets, like they're, we don't know how long they're going to be without Verlander. They're going to be without Quintana for a couple of months yet. Narvaez is out two months. As, as you said, they don't have Carlos Correa. Cause I mean, we all know what happened there. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm very unsure of where they're going to be at when those all those players come back. But rest assured, you know Steve Cohen's not gonna he's not gonna rest until something is done. Um, same with the Phillies too. Like we're gonna get into this later, but I have there's one move that I think they absolutely should make. Uh, but I think both teams will be fine in the end. That's a hell of a tease. And now let's let's break it down. Let's start going team by team, story by story, because I know that your final surprise is the Cardinals. You gave him an oi. I give him an oi. It's not often that one week into the season, you're alienating a player, a starter, an outfielder. Ali Marmol perceives a lack of hustle from Tyler O'Neill, benches him, uh, and that's all well and good. Uh, and I don't think O'Neill probably didn't hustle on that play at the plate. But usually you'll see a manager go to bat for his player a little bit and just sort of, you know, if he's not playing and the media is like, hey, why is this guy not playing? The manager will be like, it's a managerial decision or like, you know, it's a matchup thing and he'll handle it in-house. Marmol was like, we have a high standard here. He didn't meet it. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like you said that in public out loud into microphones. Like, did you do that on purpose? I don't know. But uh, O'Neal, like a couple of weeks ago at team, when he was playing for Team Canada, Marmol basically said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was like, I think we'll see a different player this year. The mindset is different. I love what I'm seeing in the offseason workouts. I'll pull up the quote uh, yeah. while you speak. But a couple of weeks later, he's already on fully on the bench for, for an important game that they ultimately lose. Jordan Walker's in the outfield picture now. The Cardinals have an unreasonable amount of outfield depth. I guess my question is, is this the beginning of the end? Are teams checking in on O'Neal or uh, are they just going to ride this out, I guess? I have a lot of thoughts on this one and there's got to be more to this story between O'Neill and, and Ali Marmol, because that just felt bizarre from the get go. Like to me, it seemed like O'Neill was, he wasn't like lollygagging down the third baseline. It seemed like he was actually hustling. Um, and then Marmol crushes him in the post game interview and then he doubles down and does it again. And O'Neill like he even said that he thought it should have been handled differently, that it should have been handled in-house. And I totally agree. And you talk to people around the league, they're right there with you too. And I wonder if today or in the coming days, if Marmol goes up to O'Neill and just apologizes and admits a mistake, because I think that would go a long way toward fixing this situation because it's ugly. And um, I think Katie Wu of the athletics summed it up really well that, the Cardinals would not pass the vibe check right now. They the vibes are not they're not there, um, and I thought they would be there. Um, but to go to your question about whether or not the Cardinals should um, listen on O'Neill, I don't think we're at that point quite yet. Is they've gotten trade inquiries in the past. Ken Rosenthal today wrote that the Marlins are one of them, um, but the Cardinals have been pretty insistent on not selling low on O'Neill because they saw what he did. Um, um, in 2021, uh, he was a very, very, very good player. They don't want to sell low in case he ends up breaking out again and they're going to look like fools. I don't envision that being the case, but if this isn't smoothed over, um, 
I wonder if that becomes an increasingly possible thought. But for now, I just don't envision the Cardinals pulling that trigger quite yet. You'd have to think they'd have to have a little more patience than this. But then again, I didn't expect anything I saw this week. The quote for those wondering, March 17th, three weeks ago, just about. Quote, uh, this is Tyler O'Neill standing in the center field competition after the WBC. Quote, it speaks to what his offseason looked like. I am highly, highly impressed with how he came in physically and with his swing, but more impressed with the mentality. I think we're going to see a different player than last year. What about the mentality change in two and a half weeks that got us here? I couldn't possibly tell you. Me neither. I think it's just bizarre. Um, I really, I really do. I, that this is, Ali Marmol could not have handled this worse. And I mean, the Cardinals, they've got a strong enough locker room where they're going to eventually recover from it. But this could linger a little bit if this is not resolved quickly. Like this is not good. This is this is uh, this is the kind of thing that could end up resulting in Marmol's seat getting warm at some point. I don't. We're not at that point. I mean, that's we're not even close yet. But um, they they cannot let this snowball. Yadier Molina just logged onto the stream, licking his lips with a napkin under his chin and a fork and a knife. <laughs> He's so excited for that seat to get hot. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> Uh, speaking of pesky uh, and frustrating, it used to be the St. Louis Cardinals. Not among my surprises because I knew they'd be good. I didn't know they'd be this good. Those freaking Tampa Bay Rays are the first team to start the season uh, since 1884 at 6-0 with all their wins by four or more runs. The last team to do this, the 1884 St. Louis Maroons, which is my nickname for Ollie Marmol. The Rays trailed 6-5 in the ninth inning of Game 5 of this streak, and they still won it 10-6. They won that game by four. Uh, how soon is too soon to basically say, all right, it's happening in Tampa? I think it is happening in Tampa. Uh, so whatever that time is, uh, our time limit was, I think we've already reached it. And I know this is going to be music to Ollie, or uh, not Ollie, but uh, obviously a burner. Um, I believe in your Tampa Bay Rays. I don't even think he's on the chat right now because he's not typing. So, like, what the heck? Obviously, yeah, what the hell's going on? Um, yeah, I, I thought you were a fan, but anyways, <laughs> um, their pitching is awesome. Their offense—they got some dudes there. Their bullpen—I don't know how they do it, but they just manage to find dudes and just make them very good. Like I think last year's case of picking up Jason Adam for pennies and turning him into like a dominant reliever is just the greatest case of them just being extremely good at finding these guys. I'm a believer. The only question that I have with them is, are they good enough to keep the Yankees in second place? Do we know that? No. Do I think they have the, like the possibility or the capability of doing it? Yes. But I think they may need another piece or two. Yeah. I think you're looking at two teams in the Yankees and Rays who are starting strong built to finish strong and both probably need another bat to help lengthen out that lineup. The first time they clashed this season, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, May 5th through 7th in Tampa at the Trop. Set your calendars. I'm uh, I wouldn't call myself excited, but I'm intrigued. Um, um, yeah. I, I use the word stoked, um, but intrigue might be the right word. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy myself, but I'd like to see what it looks like. So wow me, Tampa. And wow me, Yank- wow me, Glaber Torres. Keep hitting 420. 
and and make yourself essential. Don't get traded. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Speaking of trades, our Philadelphia Phillies. Your, Phil- your Phillies, my Phillies. I'm going to Philadelphia this weekend. They're selling Kyle Schwarber iced tea energy drinks at Wawa called the Schwarbomb. I will be trying one. I will be taste testing it. I will be putting it up on the TikTok channel, but they are one in five. You can't patch over that. You can't hide it. One in five is one thing. No Reese Hoskins is clearly reverberating throughout the lineup. Still no Bryce Harper. Brandon Marsh missed the finale yesterday with a foot injury. Even Hoskins replacement Derek Hall is now hurt. May or may not have dislocated his finger yesterday sliding into a base. The question now isn't can they recover when Harper's there? Because, of course, they'll bounce back and nobody wants to see Bryce or anybody in a playoff series. But will they dig themselves too big a hole? And you have a solution under your hat. I do. I'm not wearing a hat now. But if I if I did have one, it'd be like right there. So we got yeah. that going for us. But um, I, I, I think the Phillies, they're going to stay – close enough they're not going to fall out of this thing um the slow start obviously is not ideal but they have too much talent on that roster um to not be able to stay in this thing especially with the Mets struggling and I mean who knows what the Braves the Braves are just that's a freaking good team they got there but but anyways the Reese Hoskins injury that obviously really hurt them uh they do not have a real good solution at first base without him and if I had a trade solution for the Phillies, it would be CJ Crone. I can't take credit for this suggestion. I want to give a shout out here to Kevin Henry, who's over here at Fans Edit as well. He's the one who put it on my radar, and I'm like, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I think the Phillies should absolutely explore it, but I have a couple of things where I'm hesitant about the likelihood of a deal. Numero uno, the Rockies, for some reason, even though they're like – mediocre at best I, I think that's i think that's probably an understatement um they typically do not like to trade their best players unless they're old nolan Arenado, um and they hold on to them um because they want to have those kind of pieces on their team mm-hmm. and two whenever these teams are asked or are asking about these players the asking prices are sky high and i gotta imagine the same thing has been um been the case with uh with cj crone in the past that's why I think a deal is unlikely. But that being said, if Dave Dombrowski likes a player, he's willing to overpay. Um, he did it at the last deadline with David Robertson. He gave up Ben Brown, who is a very highly thought of pitching prospect in the organization. So who knows if if he's willing to do it again. It's kind of a, a lighter prospect list after the last deadline. But 
Um, can't put anything past Sling and Dave Dombrowski, but I think CJ Crone should be like their top target at the trade deadline or even sooner than that. Yeah, get ready for the Daniel Bard non-trade extension 2.0, though, if you're following the Rockies and hoping they get rid of these candidates. See, that was I remember that last year because I thought Bar. I, yeah, I, I don't know what what in the toast, but um, I don't I don't know why I just said that. We're, we'll let Adam take it away. Yeah, I, I was also going to say what in the toast. Um, no, I uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bard. We wish Bard well. He's he's on the IL battling anxiety right now, but the, yeah, yeah, we know how the Rockies operate, and they nest they do continue to to be in favor of keeping these veterans home. So perfect fit. We'll see if the Phillies are able to execute. Two more very quick updates before we are out. Yesterday was the Baltimore Orioles in Major League debut of Grayson Rodriguez, their top starting pitching prospect, and really the only pitching jewel that Orioles system has. That means two things. One, you get a cool one-on-one Grayson Rodriguez rookie card with the debut patch on it, so that's sick. But perhaps most importantly, they sent him down to start the year. Everybody thought he'd break camp with the team. Kyle Bradish gets hurt. They go get Grayson Rodriguez from AAA after one start and ahead of the deadline where any service time would have been added. Why did he not break camp with the team? And what was the goal here if he was the first move post any injury? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's my official answer is I don't know. Um, the Orioles, like, they entered the offseason with big pitching questions. They did borderline nothing to address those concerns whatsoever. And they absolutely had a spot for Grayson Rodriguez on the roster. Took him a little, it took him one injury to call him up. He should have started the season with the team. Nonetheless, um, it's good. They recognize that mistake early on and they called him up. And I'll tell you, he showed some freaking stuff in that outing. Um, he's somebody who I think, can change the outlook of the Orioles this season. Like he's that good. Um, he's got a, he's got a shot if he pitches really well to be in the rookie of the year conversation. Like, I don't think that's a stretch of the imagination whatsoever. Um, it's he's somebody that should have been up early on, but as I said before, glad they recognize the mistake because boy, that, that makes that team a whole lot more intriguing to say the least. Just imagine if they'd managed to catch the final out of game two of the season at Fenway Park, where they would be. Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm actually a normal guy having a good time. Uh, Are you you normal, though? Yeah, no, I'm just a normal guy. (laughs) Normal man having a great week. Uh, Definitely not thinking about that. Definitely not thinking about a Red Sox fan who I saw saying that calling it a lucky win because the final out was dropped is a tired narrative. The final out was dropped. I'm definitely not thinking about that random troll. Anyway, on to the next and our final story and something that Red Sox fans won't enjoy our weekly bi-weekly Brian Reynolds update. Brian Reynolds still not extended by the Pittsburgh Pirates. The deadline still kicked down the road a little bit, but maybe you want to extend it before he gets a taste of Fenway Park and their delicious brand of clam chowder because holy mackerel, the Pittsburgh Pirates led by Reynolds swept the Red Sox in a three-game set. The first game was all offense and they won 7-6. Next two games, both 4-1. Reynolds went... Seven for 12, three home runs, two doubles, and five RBI. Where are we in the waiting game, and how have we uh, – is the price now rising again? Is Reynolds going to backtrack on that whole hometown discount thing? I have not heard any updates whatsoever, and it's been just a puzzling one to say the least. And and this is the theory that I had all week, 
and this is not based on any, any information. This was just purely my gut is they obviously had agreed to agree to a deal, um, but just could not agree to that opt out. I thought after his strong start that the, um, the pirates were going to eventually cave and give him that four or that opt out after the fourth or fifth year and announce that going into opening day, because you talk about their strong start, they're four and two. You have a Brian Reynolds extension on top of it and going into your home opener, the buzz would be just unbelievable. That'd be the most buzz surrounding the Pittsburgh pirates in years. And I thought that was going to end up being the case and there'd just be a big party in Pittsburgh. And here we are right now. We're just playing the waiting game. And I don't get it. I don't. The the Pirates, they got like, you know, we said before the Cardinals did not pass the vibe check. No, the Pirates kind of like they kind of um, they kind of pass the vibe check right yes. now. And especially if they ended up extending Brian Reynolds, um, like even look at Ethan Fisher, the home opener is sold out like the buzz right now surrounding the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's real. Extend Brian Reynolds. Give him that opt out. I mean, it's I, I was adamant about that on the last podcast. I'm even more adamant about it now. Like, I I, I don't get it. Um, give him the opt out. Adam, take it away. I'm, I'm going to get too frustrated again. Yeah, I mean, not to add to that. To add to what Ethan's saying, Kutch is back. I know AJ Burnett is coming back for the home opener. It's on four one two day, is it not? It's like Pittsburgh City Pride. Michael McHenry, remember him? I saw tweeting like, "Wouldn't it be sick if we did a blackout for opening day?" It would. That sounds yeah. sick. You should combine all of these great ideas with a Brian Reynolds extension because right now, every time he takes the field, it's like that old Sears air conditioner commercial. It's another scorcher, um, and that's what I have to say about the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, I did not think you could somehow turn the Pittsburgh Pirates into an old Sears commercial, but mm-hmm. you, Adam, you you once again find a way to amaze me. You, yeah. you you're just unbelievable. Every day, the Pirates and Brian Reynolds, the front office says, "I'll call tomorrow," and, and somebody says, "You'll call today." You'll call now, and he goes, "Yeah, I'll call now. Call him now. Call Brian Reynolds now." That is it for this edition of the Baseball Insiders. We will get you the Reynolds updates when we got it, but man, that home opener extension really does sound good. Uh, Until next time, you can do us a a real favor by mashing the subscribe button here, liking this uh, video, the feed, send it to your friends, Uh, go to the audio feed, hit subscribe there in as many platforms as you possibly can. We'll be here Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern all season long, all the way up to the trade deadline, then through the back half of the season, into the postseason and offseason. That's the goal. That is what we do. And that is how you put food on our tables. Though, Robert, you're going to get food today, probably from the D-Vex press. Uh, so I'm actually, uh, hopefully he's not watching the stream right now, but I'm, I'm picking up my boy Fabian Ardaya, some uh, some DeFalcos. Uh, so I'm going to give him that for... Uh, the ballpark today make my my pal happy. Um, yeah, the boys are gonna be we're gonna be thriving, eating DeFalco's, watching baseball, and just being being dudes. So uh, you gotta love it. I hopefully, well, and I'll also probably have a ballpark pretzel, maybe a hot dog too. I got a big appetite. Naturally, it's a guys being dudes evening. Uh, my Arizona Diamondbacks against my Los Angeles Dodgers. Just kidding, I don't refer any of those teams. But let's get that over on seventy five and a half wins. That would be great. The D backs off to a five hundred E start. Love and life. Um, until next time, Robert, you enjoy yourself tonight. I'll enjoy myself from home. I'm taking the glasses off. I'm kicking back. I'm going to watch some baseball all day on my team's off day. 
And until next time, I'll see you all back here on Monday afternoon, 3.30 Eastern. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.